Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by my friend and the founder of Startups.com, Will Schroeder. Will, we know each other through a startup, don't we? Yes, um, we do. And oftentimes, startups have this really bad reputation of destroying everything that's not the startup, our social lives, our families, our bank accounts. And while, you know, some of that narrative is true, you and I both have a pretty different point of view on this and it may not hold true for everybody, but a lot of our social fabric and our social networks actually is a result of who we know in the startup space and the other founders that we interact with and our teams and investors and all the peripheral folks around what we do in the startup space. So fair to say that startups have gotten a bit of an unfair rap in that regard. Yeah, I think they have. I think that, you know, uh, uh, what we, what we cease to realize is how much of a magnet, a center of gravity, yeah. our startup becomes to developing our social network, if you will. Sure. And because we only think of it at this kind of business level, like I need to talk to investors or hire employees, and we think about it kind of like this title of everything that I need yeah. to acquire here, we forget that there's real people behind this. For sure. And that our startup, again, creates this magnet that attracts all these really interesting people into our lives and over time starts to often become exponentially greater than any kind of you know network we could have built at a friend level ourselves. And so I think we should talk about that today. I think we should talk about how instead of thinking about our startup as the great destroyer of our social life, and plenty of times yeah. it feels that way when you get all those text messages you can't respond to, um, let's, let's open it the other way. Let's talk about how a startup actually might be one of the greatest social engines for most founders. All right, so before we get into this next topic, I just want to let you know, what we talk about here is like 1% of the conversation. You know, really this conversation is going on all day long online at groups.startups.com where Ryan and I pretty much talk endlessly with founders about every one of these topics. So if by the end of this discussion, you like the topic and you want to dig into it a little bit more with Ryan and I, just head to groups.startups.com and we'll pick it up from there. Yeah, I think that's really important. I think the, the, the contrast that you just drew between what else our social life might have looked like sans startups is a really interesting one, right? Because yes, right. there can be periods where it's difficult to maintain anything outside the startup, right? Everything's yep. sort of happening within it. But on the other hand, if you had just been out in the gen pop and you were just working a job or doing whatever else that wasn't your startup, would it have eventually got to the same place that, that it's gotten to through startup? I think both you and I would, would shake our heads emphatically no uh, right. to that one. Uh, I know that my network is certainly largely predicated on startups and founders and, and the people that, that live in that ecosystem. So yeah, let's dig in, man. Well, so, you know, a part of it, it was a discussion that I had with, uh, with my wife, uh, uh, you know, not too long ago. And I was saying, look, at which point we sold startups.com. Now, mind you, this is, this is my ninth startup company. So I've, you know, done this, this yep. before. I said, in, in the past, whenever we sold stuff, I was doing like three others at the same time. So there, it didn't really change yeah, my life. Right. But now as I watch uh, other friends who are far enough in their career that they'll sell something and they may not start something else. Yeah. Here's what happens. Yeah. I think this is really important. They sell something and they look around going, well, I don't want to necessarily start something again, but they look around and they're like, well, now I'm bored out of my mind, right? <laughs> Not just because yep. I don't have anything to work on. We've done episodes on that, yep. but because I didn't appreciate at the time how ingrained my social life was in a good way, not necessarily in a bad yes. way, yep. in a good way 
with all of these people in my life or, or how much time I got to spend with them or, you know, how developed these relationships have got. And, and, you know, you and I were talking before the show and I said, look, man, if, if we sold the company today, I would see so much less of you. And that sucks. Yes, I know. Right. Yep. Um, 100%. And so I, I just, I think we should start with really how important these bonds are that we build working shoulder to shoulder with all these people day to day and how well we get to know them kind of differently from working from big corp. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a very different crucible, right? Not that there aren't pressures and strife within that corporate environment, but I think there's a different sense of, of fighting to accomplish something within a startup that you don't typically see in, in the corporate environment. And it's a, it's a great former of bonds, right? It's, it's the, the, the trench warfare analogy, right? By the time you've been in a foxhole with somebody, you know them pretty well. Um, and you know, I, I think we can all agree that startups can often feel like jumping from one foxhole to the next, uh, <laughs> while trying to, to remain intact. So it's, it is the case that a lot of the, you know, just by proximity, uh, you know, a shared mission, all of these things can, can really drive relationships that would be hard to achieve outside this. I, I right. often talk about this, you know, prior to startup land, uh, and, and, you know, really having these bonds with, with other founders and with members of the team, the last time that I really had created that were, you know, in like high school and, and college sports where, you know, you're, you're going through some of the same kind of things. Great example. Is, you know, Great uncertainty, a lot of strife, a lot of stress, um, and, and working towards that, that common goal. Right. And, and repeatedly over and over and over and over again with that real deep team concept behind it. And that was really the last time that I experienced this prior to building this amazing network of, of friends and, and founders and all the, all the people that support what we do and, and the people that we support as well. Um, just had this conversation uh, two weeks ago. Uh, one of the founders from our founders group uh, pinged me uh, outside of the group and we, we had a, a quick call talking about the fact that he's exited a company, uh, kind of similar to what you're saying before, all of a sudden finds himself in this vacuum socially. He, he sold the company in order to uh, fulfill a lifetime dream, which was to go back to where he was from, which is a relatively small town in a relatively out of the way state. And now he's, he's struggling a little bit because he didn't realize what the impact that was actually going to be. He's got the time and the money now, um, but he has nothing to do with any of it. Right. Yeah. And, and he's, his, his social circle kind of evaporated and he's in a position now where he doesn't have those people in the trench with him. He's, right. he's kind of digging his own right now. And it's, it's, it's his words, not mine. Feels a bit more like a grave than a trench at this point. <laughs> um, and so we talked about that and it, he asked me like, do you think it's healthy that we get so tied up in our startups and that a lot of our, our social fabric is, is woven from that. And my response to him was, you know, the, the short answer was yes. And then of course, but, right. And it depends. And there, there's a lot to that. It's a pretty loaded question, but my experience has been that it's, it's largely positive. Right. And of course, right. when things happen, there are liquid events or whatever, you know, we exit a startup or we, we shut one down that can certainly change people's sentiments about us. And I think we'll dig into that a little bit later, but well, in your experience, mostly positive or neutral, negative? You know, it's, it's funny. And, and, and it's actually gone both directions, yeah. right? So I've brought friends into a company and things didn't work out so well, right? Not like atomic, you know, that kind of thing, but they just didn't work out, right? Right. For, for any number of reasons. And I realized I actually didn't know them well, that well as friends, right? <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> so like right. this whole time I was like, oh, we've always been cool, et cetera. 
here's what it is. It's kind of like if you're dating, right? Yeah. And you've been on a couple of casual dates, but you haven't lived together yet. Yes. Right. You haven't had that moment where uh, the, the person's, you know, leaving the, the toilet seat up or, you know, using your toothbrush or you know, whatever right. your, your issues are. Um, and so, you know, we brought some folks in. Actually, you're familiar with some of them. Um, oh, yes. We brought some folks in <laughs> and had a long friendship history with them. Yep. And then we got to working together. And I was like, oh, you know what? I, I There's a lot of things I didn't know about you until yes. we started to work together because I never got any deeper. Right. right. And that's the thing, right? You you have all these other contextual endpoints now. And there's right. there's something to be said, too, for just forced proximity, right? When when you can just get together when both of you want to get together and be friends, that's very different than we're going to be forced to be together every day and slog through a bunch of shit together. Turns out, you know, not everybody acts the same all the time, right? When it's just, you know, beers with friends, yeah. very different than we're not going to make payroll two weeks from now. What do we do about this? Here, here's a way I put it. Within a, the, the context of a startup, yeah. our relationships, often for the first time, have consequences. Yes. Right? If shit goes sideways, if people act like an a-hole, there yeah. are consequences, yes. right? Whereas if I'm just hanging on the barbecue and we're just having a beer, right? No consequences, right? Very, very low consequence there. A little bit of barbecue sauce on that new linen shirt. Not awesome, <laughs> but it. not life changing. That's about it. Uh, Sarah, my wife actually blew up a founder, I think a month ago where she turned all the gas on at the barbecue and asked him to go light it. And he showed up and the whole thing blew up. And like, <laughs> you burnt, mean that literally, I was like, what do you mean she blew up? That's right. No, I, I mean, right. quite she literally blew almost up. blew him up. He's a moderator yeah. of another uh, founder group. And eyebrows are a fad. He's a good, <laughs> he's a good guy, boy, to get well. But look, uh, it, in the, in the context, you're asking about, you know, uh, different ends of the spectrum in the context of a startup, what ends up happening is our relationship is tested, right? Yes. And I think that's really, really interesting because yep. when it's not tested again, you don't know that, that, that person that well, you don't know them that deeply. You think you do yeah. until you get back to back on some of the stuff and you're like, Oh shit. And yep. so, Ryan, you and I have known each other for a decade, right? Yes. And unlike all of my other relationships, we've had consequences the entire time. The entire time. Right? Yep. We've had we things met. to disagree on, to resolve, you know, to, to, yep. to win together, to lose together. And that is a very unique history. Yes. Right? Um, same goes with Elliot, right? You know, uh, Elliot and I were on a previous mission together, you know, at, at, our, at our last startup. It didn't work, Right. right man, you want to test a relationship? You know, and the reason our relationship works now is because it didn't work, right? Yeah. Like we've seen the full spectrum yep. and we came out together. In other relationships, you know, co-founder relationships and employee relationships, whatever, things didn't work, things blew up. In many cases, we never were quite the same friends again, right? Yeah, sure. And kind of both got to see the other side of things and you're like, huh. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. And, and you can kind of sometimes never get over that. In some case we did, in some case we did. But the whole point is, I think this crucible that we're talking about is so critically important to understanding how these relationships really play out. You know what I mean? I, I do. I, I understand it completely. And it's, as you said, you see it on both, end, both ends of the spectrum. Right. And so I've, I've right. certainly had that 
And I, I want to touch on something because we talked about like, you know, when you, you sell a startup or something and it goes away, then, then everybody goes away with it. Not entirely true either. Right. Because <laughs> that would also imply that like when employees move on, um, we no longer have relationships with them or, you know, you know, we're still maintain contact with investors from previous startups and so forth. Like that, that absolutely is the case. I think what it allows you to do when, you know, if you're, you're spending the, the appropriate amount of energy and time in these relationships is to understand which ones are worth maintaining, right? Whereas sure, that very superficial friendship, easy to keep going, right? Very little to it other than buying the, uh, the bratwurst to keep Bob coming over, right? Cool. Right, That's right. great. Um, but there's also very little value in the maintenance of that relationship, right? And so these, these relationships that have cost and consequence, quickly prove out whether they're worth maintaining or not. And, you know, some of my best friends to this day are, are people that we've worked with that we no longer work with, right? Right. You know, found right. people that I, I worked with 20 years ago, people that I worked with starting 10 years ago. Right. And are no longer part of the immediate circle, uh, but they're, they're going to be lifelong ride or dies because we've been through some shit together and we still liked each other at the end of right. it, which I think Imagine is that. really important. Yeah. You know, what, we said consequences, but I think the other thing that's interesting, and I think you're touching on this, is it gives us context yes. to have a relationship, yep. right? And so when we're in college, we're all freshmen. That's our context, right? Yes. We graduate. We go to some shitty company and work. That's our context, <laughs> right? You know, we're yeah. all single. We're running out, running around, you know, uh, in, in meeting people. That's our context, right? Yes. But those contexts also do burn off. Yeah. Right? Yep. They evaporate at some point. Correct. And sometimes if we haven't formed enough relationship, right, within the context when the time was right, it yes. doesn't, it doesn't uh, you know, keep going. But think about some of the folks, Ryan, that, that you've met over our years at startups.com that have become like a genuine part of your life that started just because you had that context. Oh, it's, it's dozens. I mean, it's, and it's been, you know, it, it's been a, a calling card and I know you, we both do the same thing, but you know, when we go to a new city, uh, or, you know, new, whatever, like it's an easy way to, to drop in and immediately start to build out that circle. Um, and a lot of my, my current life, uh, circumstances, I don't know, circumstances, they were pretty intentional, um, are based on those relationships, right? A lot of my social network here is, is predicated on introductions that were made in the context of, of startups.com and what we've done. Um, ending up here at all was actually the result of, of one of our former employees and one of my still very close and dear friends. Uh, and, you know, that's not to be overlooked, right? And right. again, a big part of that, because I was invited to a part of the world I had never really considered needing to go to. Right. But because I had that context and I trusted that person implicitly and I knew that if they were going there, that there would be a reason for me to want to go there. Right. I had that context. Whereas if Bob was like, hey, man, let's go to some third world. And I like, let's just hey, <laughs> trust me. It's going to be cool. Like, yeah, Bob, get, you got some barbecue sauce right here, buddy. <laughs> um, so, and then summarily ignored the suggestion of going anywhere. These things are really important. Right. That context gives me the ability to to understand a far more from that communication than, than not having it. Right. right. And, I agree. And so, yeah. So, so I also think that being a founder, being in a startup creates kind of this centrifugal force, right? Sure. This tractor beam, if you will, yep. the magnet that brings all these interesting people into awesome our folks. world Yes, that we would have never met. Right? right. Which is so interesting to me because in my first startup, I started to notice this. I was like 22 years old and we were hiring like crazy. 
And all of these adults were showing up in my office, right? Like right. gray hairs, which is funny. It's, it's essentially <laughs> you and I now, right? Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like us. Yep. But, but at the time, I remember distinctly sitting there and there was this gentleman across from me that was interviewing. And as he's talking, I'm totally tuned out. I, I'm embarrassed to say that, but I was. And I started to go in this whole daydream sequence, right? Yep. And in this daydream sequence, I was thinking, how did I get here, right? Like, how is this guy trying to sell me on having a relationship with me. Like this guy has got so much more experience right, than I do, right, right. right? Like what am I doing in the room? Not him. And, and I thought to myself, holy shit, this is so cool. Like just by being a founder and a CEO, I get to have these reps with people that I would have never had before, right? Yes. Yeah. I remember doing my first media interview and the reporters asked me all these questions and she's asking all the questions. And again, I tune out, I should probably stop doing this, but I do. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I tune out and I'm like, uh, holy cow, like someone cares like, right, you know, right, right. what I'm doing. And so in a short period of time, I remember I had um, my flip phone, my StarTac flip phone, right? This is back in the day. All right. and I had it, mine, it, buddy. I ran out of contacts. Like I couldn't add any more contacts into my phone. And this is just such, such a bygone era. Wasn't hard to max out that 256 KB. It was, <laughs> it was not. And, but my point was, I was like, holy cow how would I have ever met yes. all of these interesting right. people? Right. And so like, and we have all these pockets, right, Ryan, we've got employees that we're going to work with. We've yes. got partners, we've got customers, we've got investors, we've got the media, we've got all of these in, and all their founders, right. All of these people that we'd have never met in a million years. And I just think it's just fascinating. You know, by the way, I just want to mention if, what we're talking about today sounds like the kind of discussion you wish you were having more often. You actually can. You know, we're online all day, every day, working through exactly these types of topics with founders just like you. So any question you would have or maybe some problem you just want to work through, we're here and we love this stuff. And we're easy to find. You know, head over to groups.startups.com. And let's just start talking. It is. It's fascinating. And it's not to be taken for granted either, because this doesn't exist everywhere. I mean, you can say that, well, like I could be in any industry or any business and there's going to be a community based on that. Yes, I would argue that they tend to be a little less awesome than founders. Now, of course, I do have a penchant for them um, and spend a lot of time with them. So I may be slightly biased, but I remember going on five years ago now. Uh, sitting down with my father and very rarely were dad's, you know, dad's stories and, and these, these tales that he gives me or these lessons um, based on something negative. This is one of the few cases where it was, but he said, you know, I, I hope you know how lucky you are that just by, by, you know, proximity, just by osmosis, you get to hang out with all these awesome people through the course of what you do. And I said, well, yeah, but you know, you, you've really, you know, always loved your patients. And, and he's like, yes, I do. I love my patients. Like, but I don't really get to have, you know, an, a big relationship with them outside that. And he's like, I'm looking at it more from, you know, like going to networking events, you know, going to conferences, all these things. Like I never wanted to hang out with other surgeons. They were a bunch of A-type egotistical assholes. And I said, <laughs> you said it, dad, not me. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he didn't have that. And he was looking at what, you know, I had been able to create based on what we've created yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and had this really high level appreciation for, for what a wonderful experience it had been and all these amazing people that were in my life all because of this, right? All because of right. that tractor being that magnet that you described. And, and he was contrasting that with his own experience. And, you know, he'd been in a position of power and, you know, was, was a, a teacher and, and a surgeon and a coach and it had, you know, 
opportunities to, to be in front of people in positions of power and, and all that, but didn't ever translate in the same way to truly enjoying the people that it attracted. And I think that is not to be taken for granted here. I, I think uh, you appreciate that when someone turns the magnet off, startup sells, startup pulls, <laughs> yeah. whatever, yeah. and you realize no one gives a shit what you had to say. Right, right. right? Now, now, you could look at that and go, well, those people didn't really matter anyway. Maybe they did, maybe, maybe. they did. The yeah. point is you never got a chance to find out because as soon as they turned the magnet off, you never got to meet them to begin with. Right? Exactly. And so I think, you know, as a founder, not only do we need to appreciate this, obviously, while it's happening, you know, while we're in the moment, what have you, but we also need to be able to say, damn, I've kind of got this cool Jedi power now that maybe I didn't have a year ago. Yeah. How do I, how do I take advantage of it? Right? Right. If it sounds to me like I can meet a ton of other founders and I'm not meeting a ton of other founders, I got to go take advantage of that. Right? Yes. If somebody comes to my office um, as a contractor, an employee, and does an interview, I have to recognize what a gift that is, that I'm allowed to sit across from them and get to know somebody that not in a million years would I've had the opportunity to know. Yeah, right? 100%. And, it, and, and if this is your first go around and you haven't done this before, you'll sort of get it. But over time, when you start to look back at again, once it's taken away from you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> deliberately or not. That's when you feel it definitely appreciate like how important that part is. hundred percent. Yeah. And so you, you've said this before, Will, but there's this concept that, you know, our, our voice becomes a different voice at some point, right? I think you were kind of yeah. saying this a minute ago where, you know, you're in this room all of a sudden and you've got these, these gray hairs around you and they're listening to you, right? Yep. And for the first time you've got a voice and, and you're attracting an audience. And, and I think that's, that's something that cannot be overlooked or taken for granted because to your point, like that doesn't necessarily exist in, in, in other realms, right? You know, it, if you go into the corporate world, there are pretty, pretty hard structures around how far your voice and influence can carry. And By definition. Intentionally, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you don't have these opportunities everywhere. And so I think as founders, we need to recognize that. And, and really, to your point, appreciate the fact that we have these things, because you I know, think that, you know, if you're not appreciating them and you're just looking at it as, as all of the negative things that my startup may have done to me without recognizing any of these positives, um, you can easily take the stance that, you know, this has a, a deleterious effect, a net negative on the life of a founder. Um, and sure, there are drains on us as founders, but I think that the more we open ourselves up to appreciation for these other things that do exist the easier the rest of that stuff is to tolerate and go, you know what? Life's not that bad inside this little microcosm of my startup. It's also cool to be heard, right? Like who doesn't <laughs> want to be heard, right? Like I remember uh, specifically, I remember uh, again, early in my career, um, I was, I started on the speaking circuit and I was doing, you yeah. know, speaking gigs and places. And I did this really, really, really in retrospect, obnoxious pitch <laughs> called something to the effect of how to retire by the time you're 30. And I was oh. like 23 at the time. So it was, it was yeah. a gimmick, right? Yeah. And, and, the, and my first, you know, opening slide said, I have no idea, right? No idea. Just, Fantastic. just kind of make fun of it. But it was in an era where that was, that was novel. That was new, right? Yeah. It's a whole bunch of people would attend because they all wanted to know whatever my Tony Robbins secret was. Right. And so, gotcha. uh, <laughs> but, but <laughs> will you. And so, uh, but during this speech, once again, I'm tuning out of my own speech in this case, you know, yeah. um, my, my cut scene. Uh, and I started thinking to myself, holy cow, all these people care what I have to say. Like they, right. they, they took their time out of their day, out of their work day, hopped in their car, drove here to listen to what I had to say. 
And, and they're going to ask me a whole bunch of questions. They're taking notes and all this really cool stuff. And I'm like, dude, a year ago, I was making websites for food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were. Oh, how Thank far you, we've Damon's. come. And, and, and now all of a sudden people care about like, you know, what, what I think that the next big thing will be or whatever yeah. it was that, you know, dumb stuff that I was talking about. And I thought, how cool is that? Right. For the first time in my life that I can be heard, right. In a way that people want to engage in and, and, and build upon. It's just, it's really powerful to me. Yeah. And, and, and let's be honest about that. That requires being outside of some of the other social norms, right? That's what creates that desire, right? If you're just sitting in a corporate environment as a middle manager, nobody cares for good nobody reason, cares. right? Not that you're not important, not that you're not a good person, don't have interesting perspective, because these things can change really fast. It's the environment in which you're doing it, right? The minute you go outside of that kind of inertia stream and you're doing things that nobody else is doing, trying to accomplish something that nobody else has done before and under certain un, completely uncertain circumstances, you now have a platform, right? You right. are up on a bit of a pedestal there and, and you can use that, uh, to, to do a lot of good, uh, for both yourself and the business and, and the community you're trying to serve. Right. And it's really incredible how quickly that can happen. Right. You talked about that. You went from, you know, being, you know, at 23, you, you know, Two years before that, how many people were asking you to get up on stage and speak, Will? Two years before that, I was a receptionist. <laughs> so, so people so were exactly actively zero. asking you not to get up and talk. Like, yeah, Will, they're asking me to answer the damn down, phone. <laughs> please be quiet. Yes. All right. So it's amazing how quickly it can turn. Uh, and that's just about, you know, again, being outside of, of those norms um, and yes, that does come at cost sometimes. We've both talked about this, how much, you know, time uh, we sacrifice, you know, being away from friends, being away from family, saying no to going out and doing things um, in order to say yes to our startups. Now, we've also developed significantly different perspectives on how we would do that if we had it to do over again. Um, but, you know, hindsight being what it is. However, those costs came with some gains if we were able to recognize them, right? And appreciate those moments that were created from those sacrifices that absolutely would not have been created had you not sacrificed. Had you put in two more years as a receptionist, I don't think you would have ended up on that stage. I'll give you a great example, another good contrast moment. This is later in my career. Uh, later in my career, I moved to Los Angeles and, uh, and I'd been running a, a bunch of startup companies at this point. And whenever I would get in a room of other founders, et cetera, there was weight to the fact that I was a founder, right? Yep. The, you know, in, it, as it was for them as well. And so we, we'd get in a room, we would immediately start talking, we'd be at dinner, we'd immediately start talking. Like, like there was context and there was a, yep. a bit of gravity, right? Uh, a good friend of mine who's actually a co-founder of one of the business, businesses, but was in a totally different business, he was a talent agent. Uh, he said, listen, every year about 30 of us uh, from LA, uh, we get together. These are mostly producers, actors, et cetera. Um, and we go to Costa Rica and we go there for a week. Um, and a, a, we, we rent this huge place and it's amazing, right? So I decided to go and I, I'm like the plus one of 30, right? I make no <laughs> sense in this group. And I'll never forget, we get there, like we arrive on the plane, we're all tired. We get there, the next day we wake up and no one knows who I am. They don't even know how I got there. For all they know, I'm the help. Right. <laughs> no one asks my opinion. No one cares what I have to say. And, and right. I kid you not, Ryan, for three days, I think no one spoke to me. Right. Oh, like it amazing. was really awkward. Right. Yeah. Given how much yeah. alcohol was consumed. Right. And, and I remember thinking like, this is really weird. Right. And something happened. Uh, I, I can't remember what, 
but something happened where someone was like, Hey, didn't you do this or that or something like that? And gave context. Yes. After that, I was like most popular guy in the place. Right. 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 It was this really amazing thing where like w- without that gravity, right. It's not the same relationship. Should it right. be? Ah, who knows? Right. Yeah. But I don't think we can overlook that. I don't think we can overlook that what we do creates a gravity that, that is a social lubricant. It is. Right? That Absolutely. opens up so many doors for us. So, so many, many doors. doors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was telling you before when we, we were just kind of discussing this before, before the show, um, that I can link back about 25% of my network here in Antigua to a single founder introduction that was made three months before I moved here. Right. And so we had developed an email rapport. And then I think back then we were using Skype, a couple of Skype calls and then met when I got here. And then this, this gentleman introduced me to a ton of people in his network who in turn introduced me to a ton of people in their network. But it was all predicated on that founder to founder relationship and context. And, you know, we, we had that common ground, right? That's very different than if you and I are both like, Hey, we have the same color badge from nationwide, right? (laughs) Sorry, nationwide. Uh, but it doesn't carry the same, the same context or gravity. Yes. We probably have some shared suffering, uh, but it's not the same thing, right? I think that there is a really interesting implied, um, context around founders and what we go through. And even just by stepping up and saying, I'm a founder, I'm trying to do this. It tells you a lot about that individual, right? Uh, particularly if you know a lot of other founders, if you don't know any other founders, probably doesn't mean much, right? <laughs> to the, to the context of, of you showing up in Costa Rica as, as the, the tour guide, um, according to everybody else, they didn't have that same context and understanding for what it means to be a founder. Um, but the minute you surround yourself by their founders, there's an implicit understanding around what you've been through or what you're about to go through. Um, and that gives you a lot of common ground to work from. You know, you, you mentioned other founders thing. That's really interesting. Yeah. A lot of founders don't realize because they're so busy being a founder yeah. that they're now part of this like massive connected family yes. of millions of other founders, <laughs> yeah. right? That would love to meet them. That would love to engage with them. That would love to share war stories or you name it, right? Yes. It's the coolest thing in the world. It is. It, it really it's, is. It's this like kind of little known fact where it's like anywhere in the world you go, if you meet another founder, you will instantly have common ground, but more importantly, respect. Yeah. And it reminds me of um, whenever like, like two service people uh, meet in an airport, right? Yeah. And they both realize they both served, yep. you know, in, in whatever, you know, military force they have, immediate respect, immediate camaraderie, right? Yep. You know, they, they exactly. immediately want to like each other um, because they've all been through the same stuff. I think, you know, for the folks listening, if you lift your head up long enough that you can, and you say, yeah, I would love to meet interesting founders, Ryan. We'll do it all the time. They seem to think it's awesome, by the way it is. It um, is. You know, get out there. Talk to some other founders. <laughs> Go anywhere, <laughs> right? right? You know, join a founder group. Do whatever you do, right? Yeah. Um, you have maybe, for a lot of folks who are either introverted or didn't have like connectivity in their lives before, you now have one of the most built-in networks of all time, both professional and personal. That's Absolutely amazing to build from, you know, and, and I think that's uh, that's something we, we don't talk about very much, but it's it's pretty evident. It is, and I think the other the other side of that is that we have this really interesting common ground and and sort of respect, right, right out of the gate, like you said. There's yeah. just this understanding 
and initial respect. Now, we occasionally meet a founder who absolutely strips all that respect away after we spend some time <laughs> with them. Uh, but I would say they're the exceptions that prove the rule. The other thing that is absolutely outstanding in the founder space, and we're seeing this more and more and more as the years go on, and, and we're, you know, everybody's working together to create more of this, is diversity in the space, right? Absolutely. You're not, it's not this sort of, there's not a single archetype. I mean, there was, and, and we're doing everything we can to knock those walls down. Uh, but there's so much diversity in, in terms of cultural backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, gender. But beyond that, just the interests and the things that people are working on, right? We may both be founders, but our interests and the businesses we're building can be wildly divergent. And that's a lot of fun, right? Agreed. So getting to hear what other people are working on and have it be something so different than what I'm doing but still have that common ground. It's kind of like if you've ever seen a conversation between two professional athletes who play very different sports. Same thing. Same right? Thing. It's, it's interesting because they have that shared ground of being at the top of their field and, and being an absolute expert in what they do, but on but two very different playing fields, right? How hard it was, you yeah. know, all the benefits that come with it, all of the sacrifices they made, all of these things. There's this Absolutely. wonderful common context but on two literal different playing fields. And right, it's right. amazing to see those things. And it's the same thing with founders. It's why I never get tired of it, right? It's not like just talking to, you know, like my dad's case, you don't want to talk to another surgeon. Like I, I, it's all I do all day long. I don't want to talk about it anymore. In right. our case, we get to talk to people with that common context, but do we get to hear things that are completely different than how we're spending our days? And to me, I agree. There's so much joy and value in that. It just keeps things fresh, keeps things interesting but built on that common connective fabric of, of struggle, of, of desire, of, of trying to create outcomes and trying to build something great. Yeah, look, uh, here's what I would say. We're at a point in our lives, you know, when we're building our startups, where we're already used to all the things, all the soccer games we don't get to go <laughs> yeah. to, all the, all the nights out we don't get to go to. But just once, it would be valuable to stop, to look around, at all of the great connections we get to make that all the means, all the connections maybe we haven't made all the common ground we now have with so many interesting people and finally take advantage of it and finally get behind it and finally use it as something to drive our social networks instead of killing our social time. All right. So that was fun, but let's actually keep this conversation going. You've heard what we think about this, but you know, Ryan and I would really like to hear what you think. And we're online like all day long, pretty much talking about every startup topic you could think of from fundraising to customer acquisition to just really how to get all of this crazy startup stuff out of your head. And there's tons of other founders just like you. They're weighing in on these topics. So you'll get a chance to just hang out and meet some really smart founders. We're also super, super easy to find. You head over to groups.startups.com and let Ryan and I hear what's on your mind. Let's get to know each other a little bit, and let's just start having more of these conversations.